It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. How's everyone doing? Of this week in fantasy, a.k.a. Let's make some noise. Come on. A fantasy championship round edition as we head in to the championships for most people. I know some people play in week 17. Not a huge fan of that. So many backups. So hard to predict week 17 action. What are you doing here? In the future, you should really try and end it after week 16. Too much variation week 17. Enough variation as it is. Okay. But uh, coming up in just a few minutes, the last Sigmund Bloom this week in fantasy edition of the season. As Sigmund does not mess around with week 17. Can't do it. I can get down with that as well. Coming up in just a bit as well, I'll tell you where you can find some more of me. Who cares? But who needs more of me? Let's be real. You need more of Sigmund Bloom, especially the last one this season. So why mess around? Let's get to it. Fired up. Let's go. And as always, I'd like to welcome in for sadly the final time this season. I don't know what I'm going to do to fill this this massive void, even though it's only an hour I get to speak to him a week. Uh, it is one of the best hours of my week, so I'll have to, I'll have to take something up, find a hobby. But uh, as always, it's our pleasure to be joined by the owner of footballguys.com, the co-owner. You can find his stuff over there. And, of course, eight days a week, the Audible podcast with Cecil Lammy, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. Sigmund, what's up, brother? It, 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 do or die. You know, it's there's life and there's death and then there's fantasy football. But this is good because when football leaves, football brings us together. And we we need to find ways to, to keep those human connections. Actually, it's the point. Uh, I think uh, what draws us together through football is each other. So I, I like that idea that, you know, fall football, well, playoff football will be there. Obviously, you're going to be busy, hopefully busy for a while in January. Yeah, fingers but, crossed uh, on that one, right? It, it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, it's on that keynote as we turn, okay, turn over a new year. Uh, you know, let's let, let's stay together. <laughs> well, you do. You certainly don't have to twist my arm. As I said, uh, I, I, I so enjoy talking to you every week. So. Uh, but the audience, of course – uh, enjoys. I'm sure they enjoy our inane ramblings at times, but I'm sure they mostly enjoy the terrific fantasy football advice that you bring every week for those who don't know. And uh, I'm guessing not many people drop in in week 16, but hey, to those people, uh, Sigmund and I usually run through the entire week's slate of games 
and then have a little fun at the end going inside Sigmund's vast, intelligent, deep, interesting mind. Uh, but first, as I said, we will go through the week 16 slate segment. Uh, every week I come and I'm saying like, I can't believe it's week 12. I can't believe yeah. it's, it's, it's it. It's championship week. So um, I, I can't believe it's championship week. I'll say that. But at the same time, uh, let's bear down and, uh, and make it happen for some people. All right. Let's start with the Saturday games. We got two on Saturday. Neither one that compelling, but some fantasy interest, at least in the second one. This first one, though, Sigmund. I don't know if you can tell me there are many people I want to start in this one as the Indianapolis Colts head in to take on the uh, former home uh, Baltimore Ravens. As uh, Is there any uh, grudge yeah. still held there? I, I mean, I'm sure there is for some fans, but a long time ago with the old Baltimore Indy swap. Well, how does the transitive property of grudges work, right? Because it's like, really, it's the Ravens and the Cleveland Browns who played last week where there's a true grudge because the Baltimore Ravens, like that's not the team that was stolen from, well, Indy was stolen from Baltimore, but Baltimore got a team. So I'm, I'm not sure, but I know from this game that Jack Doyle's the one in, on the Indy side we might want to play uh, if you don't have one of those top six or seven tight ends. On the Baltimore side, Alex Collins, maybe even Javorius Allen as a what-the-heck flex type. We expect Baltimore to dominate this game. Joe Flacco is actually not a terrible quarterback option this week. Ben Watson, not a terrible tight end option this week. And Mike Wallace looks really good. Uh, Indy without their top four corners. And Joe Flacco has been following through on what he said, that he wanted to go vertical more going forward as this team uh, to be able to make a run in the postseason that that was how they won a super bowl so uh, they should be testing out that vertical passing game and mike wallace is the best bet to catch one of those long balls yeah well um uh, hopefully uh, you know good matchup for them uh, hopefully for all of us they do not last in the playoffs too long not a uh, a very fun team but it certainly looks like just eliminate the there. patriots first and then they yeah oh all for that hey to, with you there i i will take ugly football to see the patriots sitting at home uh, one team that won't be sitting at home looking to clinch that first round by still alive in the hunt against the Eagles, of course, for the NFC crown as the uh, number one seed, the Minnesota Vikings playing really good football, heading in to take on a all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers list again, Green Bay Packers short run for Aaron Rodgers there, huh? Yeah, it was. And I mean, I think they're doing the smart thing there. So on the Green Bay side, I don't know if you want to play anybody. I mean, Jamal Williams gets back into consideration because Brett Hundley likes to dump the ball off to him. I don't think we're going to see Devontae Adams with his second concussion of the year. I don't know if you want to dabble in the passing game. Jordy Nelson's going to see Xavier Rhodes, and he wasn't doing anything anyway. It's the Minnesota side that we like here is you know, what Green Bay's uh, defense, a red carpet for uh, welcome mat for cam newton last week so you like case keenum adam thielen stefan Diggs. we'll see about kyle rudolph you know especially if it's a cold day and they worry about him getting that ankle loosened up uh, and you like both the running backs latavius murray and Jarek mckinnon especially mckinnon because we saw christian mccaffrey uh, really do some damage in the passing game just like mckinnon did last week against the dead on arrival cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, the Packers uh, absolutely atrocious uh, in the passing game against running backs. They have just been a sieve in terms of allowing running backs points and touchdowns and everything in the fantasy in the uh, passing game. Certainly a, a nice uh, spot there for McKinnon, you would think, after that big receiving week last week. All right, Sigmund, let's jump to the Sunday slate. A very interesting game here in the sense that uh, it's kind of an ugly game, I think, but uh, I don't really know what to expect, but... Uh, not really a ton of fantasy goodness, I wouldn't think, as the Lions head in to take on the Bengals. How do you feel about this one? 
Yeah, well, again, Cincinnati is a team that really looks like their coach quit on them. They're quitting on themselves, quitting on the fans that are watching. This is a home game. Maybe they find some pride. You know, we saw uh, the Giants go through a similar listless phase. Uh, but I don't know after your coach is telling you that he's quitting that they can get out of that. So um, A.J. Green, if you benched him last week, you felt good about that. And you go from Xavier Rhodes to Darius Slay. Uh, I'm not going to talk you out of benching A.J. Green. I'm not going to talk you out. I'm not going to talk you into benching him either. Um, you know, if you're in week 16, you're a good manager. It's, it's a very, very tough call. Um, all it takes is one pass with A.J. Green. But at the same time, Cincinnati's playing so badly right now. And that's why you like on the Detroit side, Matthew Stafford, Marvin Jones, Golden Tate. Maybe even if you have to dig deep, Kenny Galladay with TJ Jones on IR. Now Galladay's the clear number three receiver. Eric Ebron, who's gone through, you know, we had no confidence in him for a while. He, I don't think he had any confidence in himself. I don't think the Lions had any confidence in him. Now he's making plays. So he's another one of those tight end considerations if you don't have uh, every week start. Yeah, Eric Ebron, former top what, top 10 pick, back from, uh, back from not the dead, but, you know, back from, from kind of obscurity, kind of back and forth. Really interesting to see him turning around. We'll see if it lasts. And uh, also good point on A.J. Green, especially with Darius Slay there, the Lions number three in the league, according to Football Outsiders, in terms of covering number one receivers. So tough matchup for A.J. Green uh, there. Uh, and, uh, of course, the Marvin Lewis thing. It certainly doesn't look like they're responding to that so far. It looks like they're rolling over and dying. We'll see if that continues. Uh, a team. Speaking of a team that uh, uh, it hasn't rolled over and died, but had, earlier in the season certainly looked like they were going to, still could the last two games as the Miami Dolphins head in to take a, a resurgent Kareem Hunt-led Kansas City Chiefs segment. Does this Kareem Hunt resurgence continue? I'm certainly starting him as if it will. You know, it's been two straight weeks. This is a good matchup against Miami. You like Tyreek Hill. You like Travis Kelsey. Miami looked like one of the better teams in the league for two games. And then they went back to being Miami. Uh, so you, you like Jarvis Landry and Kenyon Drake. I don't care if Damian Williams is back this year. Kenyon Drake has shown me enough. But the uh, Kansas City's defense has been a lot better in Arrowhead. I like Kansas City's defense as a, a team defense to play this week. I like Kansas City you know, getting their, hitting their stride just in time. Again, just in, tr- in time to maybe win a first-round matchup and go to Foxborough and beat the Patriots again. I love this. I love this thing. Can you tell I'm bitter about last week? Well, yeah, and we'll we'll get to it. You know, we can get to it now because the next game on the slate, appropriately, is the Buffalo Bills heading New England. Before we get to that, Sigmund, I mean, Sigmund, for those uh, who probably do know if you listen to this podcast, Sigmund, a a Steelers fan by trade. Um, Look, I think personally as as an innocent bystander who, you know, isn't a huge fan of either team but certainly hates the Patriots more, that was one of the toughest, most gut-wrenching, whatever you want to call it, at least regular season losses I have ever watched live. Like, I've ever just been sure. watching and been like, wow, really? Yeah, well, from the Joseph Campbell mythological perspective here, this is just setting up the Steelers to have, you know, if they can uh, overcome this adversity, then they will truly find the heart of a champion in themselves. And if they can't, then it wasn't there to begin with. It is just, like you said, excruciating. And uh, I, I was actually down here in Austin, Texas, in a Target. I'm Western Pennsylvania born and bred, but I live in Austin now. And I was in a Target after the game picking up some stuff. And uh, uh, here in Austin, Texas, someone I had my Heinz Ward jersey on that I wear on big Steelers days, you know. And he and mm-hmm. someone came up to me in Target here in you Austin. You got your Texas. hat on we a were, swivel we at all rocked. times as well. Yeah. You know, so uh, it, even down here, the, the pain it, it it reaches, it suffuses through the country. Yeah, do you have your head on a swivel when you're wearing that Heinz Ward jersey at all times? Always. I love Juju 
Smith Schuster picking up where he left off. Yeah, he's fun, fun player to root for and seems like a really good kid. What I will say, and uh, for me, the Roethlisberger decision to throw the ball into traffic was the biggest problem. I think with the, the rule that was called, look, the catch rule in the NFL is incredibly stupid. It's a dumb rule. Like, we have all seen this now a million times where someone, it is clearly a catch. They caught the ball. Like, there's no question. But, but having said that, I do feel for the first time in a long time in the NFL, I know what's going to be called. Yeah, when exactly. I saw that replay, I said, oh, that's not a catch. It's stupid, but that's not a catch. So, I, look, I don't. you don't take solace in that, but I do at least think that that whether stupid or not, at least there's some uniformity to it yeah. where I feel like before there wasn't. It's predictable at least. Uh, it doesn't make any sense, but at least, <laughs> you know, cause there, there were times like the desert, the classic Des Bryant play uh, in the playoffs where I really felt like James, that um, we were going to get stuck, you know, based on the rules, it was a catch and it wasn't a catch simultaneously. And we get into yep. some sort of quantum state where we would get stuck. <laughs> I would stop and somebody the, the simulation would just freeze, right? Yeah, freeze. And, someone, <laughs> and, and notice the imagery here. Someone upstairs would have to make a call. It was either That's a catch great. or not a catch or no That's life great. could go on, you know? That's great. Yeah. So so with all that in mind, uh, likely the Patriots won't lose this week, though. They are playing a, a playoff contending Buffalo Bills team who um, now even more shockingly decided to sit there starting quarterback for no good reason a few weeks ago and lose a game because of it. But that's neither here nor there. Tyrod Taylor out uh, will be out there playing. I shouldn't say out. Yep. Out the wrong word. Playing this week. Uh, did the Bills have any chance here? I mean, uh, maybe. I, I don't think so, though. Uh, that you know. That being said, LaShawn McCoy is a great play. The Ty- Tyrod Taylor is a Hail Mary at quarterback because he might have to do a lot in a catch-up uh, effort. Um, on the New England side, without Rex Burkhead, Deion Lewis becomes a more solid play. Maybe Mike Gillisley or James White if you have to dig deep because this team, I think, had 39 combined running back touches for, I think, well over 200 total yards when it played the Bills a few weeks ago. Um, we'll see if Chris Hogan's back. Uh, it's revenge games for Chris Hogan and Mike Gillisley, right? Uh, but, yeah, right. You know, Brandon Cooks, Rob Gronkowski, these are the guys that the pass offense is going to run through. Maybe, you know, Tom Brady's taking a little step back in fantasy, not an automatic play, but still probably the best quarterback on your roster. James White goes from scoring the winning touchdowns through having the, the dominant game in the Super Bowl and then now is an afterthought. It's amazing the way the Patriots running back saga. It's like a, a, a soap opera. There. All right. Uh, moving on as uh, uh, least compelling in the sense, not much from a fantasy perspective here, compelling in the sense is will the Browns go in 16 as they head in to take on the Bears? Uh, anything interesting to you here from a fantasy uh, perspective? Uh, yeah, you know, right. Duke Johnson, Josh Gordon, Isaiah Crowell is like flex know. plays. Um, Josh Gordon as a, a high, you know, one of the things you think about week 16 is if you're an underdog, you need a high ceiling play. If you're a favorite, you want to play it safe. Um, and so Josh Gordon's one of those not playing it safe, but maybe getting some big plays. And on the bear side, it's Jordan Howard. Step up to the Jordan Howard roulette wheel. Um, but you would think that this is going to be a close game, a close enough game. Uh, Cleveland's not going to run away from Chicago. So that's going to give Jordan Howard the chance to get 20-plus carries, even though it's been up and down and down and down and up and down. Uh, this looks like at least a good opportunity to be up for him. Yeah, totally agree. The Browns have uh, been less effective defending the run than they were earlier in the season as well. All right, a game that uh, looks like it should be a, a lopsided one, but you never know with these two teams, is the Tampa Bay Bucks 
Heading to take on the Carolina Panthers. Cam coming off a monster game and a great matchup here. Is this another spot to uh, start your Panthers segment? Yeah, the offense is clicking. I don't think Tampa's going to be putting up much resistance on the road there. So McCaffrey, Greg, back to Greg Olson. Um, maybe not Devin Funches. That's the one guy that I don't know that, you know, with all these weapons now, he takes a step back. He's had a shoulder issue. On the Tampa side, Mike Evans has redeemed himself a little bit. We'll see if Peyton Barber gets a start if you have to dig deep. Jameis Winston's actually, you know, top 12, top 15 quarterback. He's still throwing the ball a lot. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's hurt. Uh, O.J. Howard's hurt. So you like Cameron Brait a little better if you have to dig deep. Someone like uh, Adam Humphreys. Uh, but Carolina is coming together, peaking at just the right, right time. Not a ton of great games on the slate here today uh, on uh, Sunday, Sigmund, but this one pretty good as uh, another NFC South clash as the Atlanta Falcons coming off a uh, closer than expected win over the Bucks on Monday night, heading in to take on a Saints team that also a little closer than expected, I think, against the Jets. How do you see this one playing out? The running back showcase here. Uh, Kamar and Ingram, and of course, Michael Thomas and Drew Brees is a safe, lower ceiling than usual, but high floor quarterback. Um, I, I think Matt Ryan's well outside the top 15 quarterback at this point. There's just not a high ceiling there. You're playing Julio Jones, but knowing that he's facing Marshawn Lattimore, we're not sure how that's going to go. Uh, it's going to be uh, smartly uh, Devontae Freeman, uh, Devontae Freeman show, and maybe some Muhammad Sandy. We had a pretty big game the first time out again with Marshawn Lattimore on uh, Julio Jones. Sandy could get more targets this week. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think the the running backs are the plays here. Devontae Freeman uh, still underpriced in DFS formats because he had that big game on Monday night. So uh, uh, some of the DFS sites don't, you know, update. They update before Monday night so you can get some values that way. So uh, probably be highly owned in tournaments, but still a, a, a nice spot there. All right, moving on a little bit less uh, good of a football game here and certainly less intrigue from a fantasy perspective but certainly some interesting storylines here as the broncos head in to take on washington for a one o'clock start cj anderson coming off his uh first really good game in a while does, does that continue segment well every time he gets 20 plus carries they win right just that easy but, yeah, yeah uh, it's that easy um, Washington's run defense is falling off. You know, they've got some injuries there. So, you know, we'll see if Brock Osweiler plays. That may make you more inclined if he's the starter to play Demarius Thomas. He at least knows how to feed Demarius Thomas. On the Washington side, I don't know that there's anybody we really want to rely on here. Uh, you know, Denver's defense has been better. Uh, Kirk Cousins in the offense hasn't been generating much. Jamison Crowder, maybe. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I think this is one of those footnote games, two teams that, that aren't going anywhere. Not really that much even to scout for the future. I guess if Emmanuel Sanders is out, Cody Latimer, one of my guys, finally in his fourth year, finally hmm. showing some some glimmers, some glimpses uh, after Peyton Manning destroyed his confidence as a rookie. Yeah, University of Indiana, I want to say. I yeah, believe and, for and Cody Latimer. An athletic wonder. and uh, Yeah, you know, second-round pick. Yeah, some of those Indiana receivers, James Hardy, I think rest in peace, James Hardy, didn't quite really? work oh, out. Really? Oh, that's sad. Yeah. yeah so some of these shame. Indiana receivers, I guess basketball is, is more, and I want to say Latimer played basketball. I don't know if he played in Indiana. Anyway, getting off on a tangent, Cody Latimer, that's someone to watch as they might resign him and have him play a bigger role next year. Us on tangents, never, Sigmund. All right, uh, potential uh, playoff teams in this matchup here. Certainly the Rams headed for the playoffs after that monster win 
over Seattle last week, heading in to take on a Titans team that I still think is terrible, Sigmund. How do you see this yeah. one kind of shaking out? West Coast to East for a, for a 1 o'clock or two, though. You like Jared Goff. You like Robert Woods. He's back to being the number one receiver. Of course, you love Todd Gurley. Golden ticket to the finals, basically. The Hurley Gurley, man. Oh, the Hurley Gurley. I say, I say, actually saying the Roly Poly Man verse in honor <laughs> of his of his, uh, his big game. I was saving it. I was saving it for that big week. It's good work. Um, even Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup is what the heck flex types. Because you're going to attack Tennessee's secondary. You're going to attack them in the passing game on the Tennessee side. Mm-hmm. Rashard Matthews is a wide receiver with three flex like Delaney Walker. But this has been an underachieving offense. And going up to Wade Phillips' defense that just bottled up Russell Wilson. That now looks not good. From one L.A. team to another, both on the road, the Chargers heading. I guess they're not really L.A. We should say the Carson Chargers right now. Heading in to take on a, a, a Jets team that, that keeps fighting, Sigmund. They, they will not uh, uh, lay over and die even though their quarterback is gone and Bryce Petty is leading them. Uh, Chargers, uh, for me at least, one of those teams I feel like you can never trust at really in any spot. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, and that's true. So I think Philip Rivers is a little outside of our circle of trust, i.e. the top 12, 10, 12 quarterbacks. You play Melvin Gordon, play Keenan Allen, who looks like he's going to be okay after getting banged up last week. Antonio Gates, you have to dig really deep at tight end. Hunter Henry's on IR, so maybe this is a Gates swan song. Yeah, in fantasy a good call. Helping us out in the finals on the Jets side. Maybe Robbie Anderson, Temple product Robbie Anderson. Uh, that's right, baby. C. Hayward. Bryce Petty. Bryce Petty actually found him a lot, a lot last year. Well, they that would they were together on the scout like on the scout team before, yeah. like a lot of preseason snaps together. Uh, you know, I think there's chemistry that was there before Robbie kind of busted out this year. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I got to mention quickly on the Rams. Um, Greg Zerline, their kicker, fantasy star this year on yeah. IR. So if he was your kicker going into this week, you need to find another one. Oh wow, I didn't see that. That's a big loss for them. He's been yeah, a big, big loss weapon. for fantasy teams too. Who cares about the Rams? Yeah. Fantasy teams. It's a great point, Sigmund. What am I doing? Stay on topic. You're absolutely right. Speaking of staying on topic, the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off a walloping with uh, receivers and running backs and people no one had ever heard of scoring 7 million touchdowns, heading in to take on the handsomest quarterback around, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's pretty darn good uh, for the Niners. How do you see this one shaking out? Uh, A couple, uh, uh, certainly uh, not a ton of offense, I would think. No, but Blake Bortles is, is now a, a serious consideration uh, of quarterback. What world we are have. we living in, Segment? Hmm? What world are we living yeah. in? Blake well, Bortles has, a lot been, of a, like has been a beast. I know. It's crazy. The season has given us, uh, you know, yes, we are trusting Blake Bortles. Yes, we're da- wondering about A.J. Green and whether he's in our lineup and things like that. Um, Leonard Fournette should be back. Uh, we're watching. Alan Hearns might be back. So y- you like the Jags wide receiver plays this week, but who? You know, Keelan Cole? If he's a, a starter, D.D. Westbrook actually had two touchdowns, uh, two times he was targeted in the end zone and drew pass interference penalties last week, so it could have been him. You like Jacksonville's passing game. You like their offense in this one. S- San Fran you're probably staying away from, like totally staying away from. Garrett Selleck yeah. maybe, you know. You know that Marquise Goodwin and, and the wide receivers, an underwhelming group of wide receivers will be shut down. So Jimmy Garoppolo, here's a challenge. You know, you got a three-game winning streak. Wow, for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but – this is where it comes to screeching halt. 
Yeah, I agree, though. I think Garoppolo's legit. He just looks like a, you know, someone who has the yeah. poise and, and, and you know, he, he looks like a quarterback out there. So um, I think they got a winner there. But uh, otherwise, agreed with you, especially with the Bortles and less so. I like Westbrook if I have to take a, a, a shot, but I, I don't know if Cole or, or those other guys who's going to bust out. Certainly some nice DFS plays in there as well. And Fournette, I'm with you. A little, a little nervous about Fournette. The Niners went from being the worst run defense in the league to being a – Pretty okay run defense the last month or so, so uh, interesting one there. All right, uh, moving on. Another uh, a decent one here is we don't have many, so look forward to the ones that are pretty solid, though. Seattle coming off a ass-whooping segment. I mean, I don't know what else. I don't remember them getting beaten at home like that in a long time, especially in a big spot. Uh, heading into Dallas to take on the uh, the Zeke is back Dallas Cowboys. How do you feel about this one? And are you nervous about Seattle just kind of yeah, being right. done? This is it. You know, they get the defibrillator out. Their season's on right? life support. I mean, you go back to Russell Wilson, you go back to Doug Baldwin, um, Jimmy Graham, maybe. I, I, I'm not going to talk you out of benching Jimmy Graham. I, I think that Ezekiel Elliott's going to touch the ball 35 times in this game, and Dallas is going to slow it down. And, and we saw what Todd Gurley did to Seattle last week. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, line up, take your punishment. Um, so uh, that is Seattle's defense. It'll be. Uh, Elliot dispensing the punishment. Jason Witten, maybe, you know, again, there's so many tight ends. There's a group of 10 tight ends. So like, well, you could do worse than playing them. Uh, but one of these teams is going to be eliminated from playoff contention. So that it makes it a quasi playoff game and, and one with the, the Zeke story and uh, Seattle coming in looking at their wounds. An interesting one indeed. Yeah, very interesting one. Certainly one where both teams still alive and both teams very much could also not make it. So uh, uh, interesting one there. Hopefully, Dallas loses as always. All right, last game of the day on Sunday, Sigmund. No Sunday night or two Monday games on Christmas. Instead, 430, or excuse me, 425, the last game of the day, uh, along with that Seattle game, as the uh, Eli Manning yet again led, Eli Manning who torched the Eagles, by the way, Giants heading in to take on the uh, Drew Stanton, I believe is back. Yeah. Can't even keep up with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, ugly one here, Sigmund. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Sterling oh, Shepard yeah. sh- showed some uh, life last week. You'll see Patrick Peterson some, but probably not when he's in the slot. Uh, Wayne Gallman watching him for the future. Um, Pat Larry Fitzgerald, you know, steady. He and Drew Stanton hook up. Jermaine Gresham, if you're really digging deep at tight end, uh, the Giants are a terrible, terrible team at defending the tight end. And actually, Drew Stanton leaned on Jermaine Gresham a lot in the first few games before uh, Blaine Gabbert caught in there. So, and, and of all the things in 2017 that were weird for a little bit, like when Blaine, Blaine Gabbert played his old Jacksonville team and he played one of the best games of his career, and then he remembered, he looked at the name on his uniform. Like, oh, yeah, I'm Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> yeah, no, it was funny because people were like, Gabbard might be earning himself a job next year and all that. And that died down pretty quick. And Ricky Seals Jones was a thing for a minute and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, certainly went as uh, as ultimately we all expected. All right. Uh, two Christmas Day games. Both of our teams playing on Christmas Day. How about that, Sigmund? Your team up first as the uh, Antonio Brownless Steelers head in to take on what shouldn't be too much of a challenge at TJ Yates led Texans team. Uh, who's interesting to you in this Monday? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take Steelers fans back to 2004 with me when they lost to the Texans 24 to six, when the Texans got three first downs in the game in the entire game. Wow. Yikes. So what do the football gods have in store for us? You know, I'm thinking like Yikes. Buffalo upsets New England and then the Steelers lose to Houston anyway. And, and, <laughs> and the, that, 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 that sounds like a very Pittsburgh Christmas for us. Uh, but you know, 
Juju Smith-Schuster, Martavis Bryant against the Texans secondary pass defense. I, I'm still not even that worried about Ben Roethlisberger, even though it's a road game. I think he's a top six, top eight quarterback this week. Um, on the Houston side, of, of course you're not going to bench DeAndre Hopkins. I know he's got a toe issue he's dealing with, um, and that's it. And, and for the Texans, you know, you still have Deshaun Watson on the roster. That Texans fans, you got that going for you. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's about it, though, Sigmund. But yes, and I guess Jadevian Clowney is a pretty good player after all. So, yay! And and next year, Deshaun Watson. All right, uh, moving on. As uh, you know, not that uh, speaking of Deshaun Watson, the Eagles, of course, lost Carson Wentz, but Nikki Foles. How about Mister Foles last week? Four touchdowns, facing an Oakland Raiders team heading in for a Christmas night matchup. Sigmund, I don't know if you remember this. I'm guessing you do. The last time Nick Foles faced the Raiders, he threw for a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, yes. <laughs> seven, six, seven, seven. Seven touchdowns. So, yeah, you like Nick Foles. Again, like a top six, top eight quarterback. Safe, very safe play. Um, and you saw him distributing the ball well to Aguilar, Ertz, in a really good matchup this week. Uh, Jeffrey, the backfield's still a mess. No, they did not switch over to JHI as a real workhorse for them. On the Oakland side, Michael Crabtree's going to get a ton of targets. Marshawn Lynch is, you know, what the heck play? He's still playing really well. It's not his fault the Raiders have had a, a, a season that's been very disappointing. Uh, uh, Derek Carr, we're staying away from, not very trustworthy. But, you know, you feel like it was a little bit of a, ro- a, a rocky kind of story there as the Eagles came out and, and you know, really down. Uh, at the beginning of that game against the Giants. And Nick Foles, really steady, really calm. And this is where the fact that he's been in this coaching tree for so long and they have a good offensive line, a a good balanced offense around him, is really paying dividends. And then Eagles fans can start to remember, yeah, you're in a bracket where Case Keenum, Jared Goff, uh, you know, a flawed Tex, a flawed Panthers team, a flawed Saints team, probably the Falcons as the the sixth seed. I, I don't see the... And especially if the games are in Philly, you know, I, I, I don't I think Philly can win two games against two of those five teams. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. I'm with you. I just, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you hope they can win two. You think they can win two with Carson Wentz. I feel like they definitely would have won two. But, um, you know, you can only do what you can do. And I, I agree. I think as far as it goes, you can't really ask for, for someone better to step in than Foles. And, and a great point about the coaching tree. I think we saw that. I think the fact that Doug Peterson was his quarterback coach when he got drafted, that, you know, he's been with him, uh, you know, for a long time, or at least known him for a long time, know him, know his, his strengths and weaknesses and all that, I think is a, a good thing. And I think it means that the offense, at least from a fantasy perspective, should keep rolling this week. All right. It is time. For the final edition of the season of Inside the Mind of Sigmund Bloom, my favorite segment of the week and uh, my favorite segment of the, the that I do. So very excited. I have a, a four-pack of questions uh, for Sigmund as we will uh, uh, sadly again. It's the last inside. I'm getting nostalgic here. Again, follow him on Twitter at SigmundBloomFootballGuys.com and the Audible Podcast. All right, Sigmund. Are you ready for the uh, the finale edition yes. of Inside yes. the Mind of Sigmund Bloom? The lightning right. round where the prizes yes. double. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The prizes are nothing. Number one, broad question. So same old, same old here. Um, what was your favorite thing of 2017? My favorite thing of 2017? Right? Man. Man. Um, well, uh, you know, I have to say... Um, the watching the Penguins win the Stanley Cup and the, the run that the Penguins made and uh, really 
like just uh, with my fiance and I have like hunkered down and watched every game from beginning to end. And it was a team that overcame a lot. And uh, it's been really fun being a Penguins fan going going back to the eighties, whenever they, well, maybe there's some hanky panky when they got Mario Lemieux, but uh, certainly, um, you know, I'll, I'll remember that. And and the the show we talked about the roots with the the orchestra and Chaka Khan, that also jumps to the forefront of my mind. So, uh, you know, and, um, and on, on another level without, necessarily alienating part of your audience it feels like maybe maybe things might be getting a little bit better coming out of 2017 we'll see yeah i'm with you there and uh i, I think that uh look i think uh, you might alienate part of the audience with the penguins answer but yeah um, right that's a but, much worse that's a much but, worse uh, to have yeah. but i can totally uh i can totally appreciate that i'm sure if one of my teams and won a title it would be the best thing that happened to me that year as well uh all right sigmund let's stick with the broad theme a little bit Less, but maybe not less broad, just as broad. You know what? Screw it. Uh, but uh, looking ahead as opposed to looking past, uh, heading into 2018 here, what is the uh, top thing? And look, one of the top things you could say uh, on your bucket list for 2018. Mm. Um, wow. You know, bucket list for 2018. I mean, I guess the, the, the you know, it would be, um, I hope that uh my fiance and i will be able to get married there's a long story there long story um and i'll find true I've, i will cap the story of finding true love in my life and uh that's the, the 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 bucket list of all bucket lists i hope for everybody out there is to find true love and they could know it and i, I just want to to, to truly uh, finalize that for the world for the world to know uh and and make it a, a point of re- on the record that uh, that is a uh... love and, and and we'll live our lives in love that is a terrific, beautiful, wonderful answer, and uh, I, I am hoping that that bucket list item comes true as well as I'm sure the listeners. All right, Sigmund, two questions left. I'm I'm so sad. I'm going to enjoy each one of these. All right, a little inside baseball. I always, uh, at least uh, the last few weeks, have been trying to ask you a music question uh, in the four pack of questions, and I do it for two reasons. One. As you know, because we've had many offline conversations as well, before and after the pod and all that about music, but I'm genuinely interested and intrigued and enjoy your music takes. But there's a dual purpose. I also use your answers as a way to choose the outro music for the podcast. So I figured today, screw the preamble, all that type of stuff. Uh, What's the outro song for this podcast when we're done? Christmas in Hollis. A little run DMZ action. Yeah, topical. You know, it's that time of year. It's perfect. A perfect answer. Love the song. Love the answer. Feels like an answer you would give me. All right, Sigmund, fourth question. It is not a question. It is a uh, a chance to make a statement. First of all, I want to say for, for the listeners, for me, for we, we are so grateful. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule every week to sit here and talk to me and give your advice and all that. And Sigmund does it for free. He does it because he's a wonderful man and he just wants to talk to me. Um, so I want to say thank you and I want to give you the floor to just say whatever you want to say to the audience, whatever's on your mind, Sigmund. Uh, um, I, this is a great, I, I'm thankful. You know, I think that just, I made this speech on my show this week that, um, what we're really all looking for in life, uh, is and we're in the kind of the prison of our, our ego, each of us, our, our I-ness. And we're always looking for things where we can dissolve and feel that boundary. The idea that there's this and that, or you and me is a construct of our minds and our way of perceiving this world. But it's, 
not necessarily true in a capital T kind of way. And when we feel the boundaries starting to dissolve and blur between us and and the universe, whether it's watching a football game or reading a book or watching a movie or, or listening to music or, or talking to another human being or, or experiencing the love I talk about between my fiance and I, Kate, where you feel that boundary blur and you're not stuck inside of yourself, you know? And I think that, um, you know, ever since um, John reached out to me and, and you and I started doing this, uh, it's just very natural that I think both of us kind of uh, lose ourselves in the, in what we're doing. And I think our audience, your audience, obviously a great audience can join us. And that's one of the things with the football community and, and the shared experience. And, uh, uh, um, and it, it's a good time to, uh, to be thankful and remember uh, the, the other people really is what, this is about for all of us and um i guess i'll make the little speech i say all advice i ever give is directed back at myself first and foremost but if i can give mm. one piece this is like mm. running this is where 2020 bloom in 2020 for president <laughs> uh, 20, 2020 vision uh working on it um the one thing we all the biggest mistake we all make all of us every single one of us is not asking for help and when you need People, when you need somebody, people, people who need people. Uh, Barbara, Barbara knew. You know that Barbara knows. You're from my man. You're from Manhattan. You know that Barbara knew. Uh, it, it, when you ask someone for help, all we really want to do is have a meaningful effect on people's the lives of people that we care about. Ask for ask for help. It's not a burden. You're actually giving someone a chance to have, have grace throw, flow through them. So, when you need help, ask for help. You might actually be helping somebody by asking for help. Ah, what a wonderful way to end the final Inside the Mind of Sigma Bloom. I uh, echo your statements, uh, 100% agree and, and, and echo the, uh, the asking for help. It is um, a lot of times even you don't even know it. And, and if you just talk about something out loud, that alone makes you feel better about things. So um, I'd never be afraid to, to talk about it. There are always people there. Who um who want to help? I like Sigmund. Who can help and with your fantasy were... football team? Yeah, exactly. That that we're talking literally That's just about fantasy yeah. here. <laughs> so uh, perfect, perfect way to end it. And um uh, again, follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom, footballguys.com, the audible Cecil Lammy. Uh, him and Cecil do a, a terrific job, and those guys have been doing it for a really long time. And um it's awesome to hear the chemistry and all that as uh. As, as like Sigmund just said, we do uh, enjoy losing ourselves in this, and, and he and Cecil do it as well, and um, their audience is, is certainly appreciative. So, uh, again, uh, as always, and uh, uh, for the final time, Sigmund, thank you so much for, for being a part of this podcast this season. Oh, my great pleasure. Look forward to many more years of us getting to hang out. As always, awesome, awesome stuff from Sigmund. Uh, just so appreciative. Thank you. That that man gives us his time Week in, week out during the football season. Just super grateful. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Sigmund Bloom. Seriously, do it. Footballguys.com, the Audible podcast, all awesome stuff. And, uh, again, Sigmund, just a, an awesome guy, as you can tell if you've listened to this show all season or at all this season. You know that Sigmund's a great guy, and we are really, really grateful to him for spending the season with us. So that's going to do it for this week in Fantasy, the championship round Edition. If you do, for some strange reason, need more of me, I want to f***ing kick your f***ing ass. You don't shut up for a second, all right? You can find my start sitcom on BleedingGreenNation.com tomorrow morning. That will be out. Big fantasy championship edition of that as well. And then, 
Of course, John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gatton, and myself Saturday 5-7 to seven on WIP and then Monday night in the parking lot. What a time to be alive! A preview show for Eagles, Raiders, Barchard, and myself. So one more time again, thank you to Sigmund Bloom and thank you to everyone who has listened to This Week in Fantasy, whether it's five minutes worth or or all season worth. From the bottom of my heart, I can't tell you how grateful I am that Anyone listens to me talk about anything, in it, and I'm sure you're tuning in for a segment anyway. Yeah! But regardless of that, uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate anyone taking the time to listen to this uh, this show, and and hopefully it's been uh, entertaining and also helpful as well. And hopefully you're winning money and winning your championships. I want winners. Because flags fly forever. So again, thank you so much to everyone for listening this season. For the final time, it has been... A championship edition of This Week in Fantasy.